Here's what's making business headlines today. I'm Bryce, joined by Ren. It's Wednesday, the 21st of September. So, Ren, where are we heading today? Well, Bryce, we're going to start with a comparison of news out of China and Sweden. Then we're going to stay in Sweden before finishing up in the United States. All right, well, let's start with the comparison between China and Sweden. Both countries had announcements around interest rates. That's right. Interest rates are the story of the year. And let's start in Sweden, where their central bank announced their biggest interest rate rise in three decades. One full percentage point. Jeez. They raised interest rates from 0.75% to 1.75%. Now, this gives Sweden the joint honour or whatever the opposite of an honour is, <laughs> as having the single biggest rate rise this year by a major Western country, actually equal first, tied with Canada, who made a similar increase in July. So you might be wondering why it takes such a big swing and the answer is inflation at 9%. So that's Sweden. Now let's turn to China where their central bank also made a decision around interest rates but they chose to leave interest rates unchanged. That's it, Ren. The biggest difference between Sweden and China is inflation. Inflation in Sweden is at 9%. In China, it's a happy just 2.5%. Must be nice. (laughs) Must be nice. (laughs) But China is facing other problems. On one hand, its currency, the yuan, is struggling, and that is adding pressure to increase interest rates. And on the other hand, its real estate market is in a slow-moving collapse as property developers struggle with debt and property buyers refuse to pay mortgages, adding pressure to lower interest rates. So instead, China decided to walk the middle path and leave them unchanged. It seems that even in countries where inflation isn't a challenge, it's not easy being a central banker, Ren. Now, interest rates continue to be the biggest story globally. Later this week, central banks in the United States, United Kingdom, Switzerland and Norway are all expected to announce interest rate increases as well. But Bryce, let's move on to our second story. Let's do it, Ren. For our second story, we are going to stay in Sweden where Spotify are making a play in audiobooks. It was only a matter of time, I feel. Spotify are already dominant in music streaming and podcasting. It feels like audiobooks are the real audio trifecta for them. That's it. But their push into audiobooks is going to look a little different. When Spotify was founded in 2006, the music industry was still in the if you want to listen, you can buy it era (laughs) of CD and iTunes sales. They pioneered the monthly subscription all you can listen model. Yeah, and with audiobooks, Spotify will be returning to the if you want to listen, you can pay for it model. They'll be offering 300,000 audiobook titles to begin with on a pay-per-book model. I wonder if Get Started Investing will be part of that. But the audiobooks are a fast-growing market. The industry grew 25% last year, bringing in $1.6 billion in revenue. Amazon-owned Audible is the biggest player in this space. So on one hand, we have Amazon going after Spotify's market with Amazon Music. Now Spotify is going after Amazon's market by adding audiobooks. Spotify have a habit of taking on the big tech players. They took on Apple and Apple Music and held them off. Now let's see if they can hold off Amazon as well and remain the dominant audio player of our time. Well, in theme uh, of keeping with digital content, Ren, our third and final story, let's head over to the States where we've got an unlikely player getting into digital content. Yeah, that's right. Everybody seems to be getting into digital content these days. 
And this week it's Therabody. Yes. The makers of the Theragun massage device that you're probably seeing everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I love you know, it. The, looks a bit like a drill with a ball on the yep, end. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They've just raised $165 million in venture capital and have announced plans to invest in digital content. In 2020, Therabody brought in $224 million selling those massage guns. Not bad. Last year, that was up 77% to $396 million. Now, the company has announced their capital raise, which includes investments from comedian Kevin Hart and model Carly Kloss. There you go. Good business to be in, the <laughs> massage gun business. They've also announced eight new products, including smart goggles to help relieve facial tension and headaches. They've announced plans for a whole body wellness center named Reset. All I'm imagining is just heaps of massage guns yeah. pumping you at the same time. <laughs> and they've also announced their plans to get into digital content. Now, the company hasn't offered an idea of what digital content they'll be producing, but I'm here for the massage content. I'm here for the product placement in Netflix shows or maybe just a 10-minute podcast of people getting hit with their massage guns. <laughs> Sounds I'm here massage. for it all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bryce, before we get too far down that rabbit hole, let's get to our fact of the day. Let's do it. So rent today, $2 billion a day. That is how much a rail strike in the US would cost the economy. Staggering amount. One third of US freight moves by rail. It is second only to trucking and rail workers are close to striking. And it's not just in the United States. In Australia and the UK, we're seeing rail strikes at the moment as well. So on today's episode of The Dive, accompanying these headlines, we look at these rail strikes happening around the world, unpack what's happening and importantly ask... Are they all related? Why is it that we're seeing rail strikes in three different countries at the same time? Another fascinating story that you can listen to now on The Dive in your feed. That'll be us for today. Thanks for listening and have a great day. 